usage of the phone, man, that is, yeah. and I already limit that. Like I monitor my screen time. I have an alarm on my social media to like, tell me it's been enough time, but still even doing that, say I have a 10 minute time limit on there. Well, how many times a day am I opening that to get mm-hmm. to that 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. Welcome to the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast. We're a podcast and community for modern moms in real estate that are building a legacy in business and raising a family. We talk all things real estate, marketing, mindset, business strategy, and support as real estate moms. My name is Brayden McKee, a Phoenix, Arizona real estate agent and boy mom of two. I love social media and digital marketing and specialize in relocation, new construction, and the move up buyer family. And I'm Alyssa Stalker, a realtor in Ventura County, California, a digital marketing coach and course creator, as well as mom of two under two. As business besties that have been through all the ups and downs together, we are bringing our entrepreneurial backgrounds and industry expertise to change the way a modern mama approaches real estate. Whether you're here for the support community or our practical tips for building a thriving business while balancing being a mama, we are rooting for your growth. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast. This is Alyssa Stalker and my lovely co-host and friend, Brayden McKee. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That was kind of a weird intro. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Um, If you are new here, we are doing for the first time ever, a book club series, and we are reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, the way that this series works is every couple of weeks, we're popping on here with an episode to cover a section, which consists of a few, usually a few chapters in the book, and we're going over them together, our key takeaways and just kind of going over some of the nuggets there. And then we're also having conversations inside of our Facebook group. Um, If you are not yet a member of our community, make sure you check the show notes and join us there and you'll get all the updates about the book club series and all the cool conversations that are happening um, about that. And it's not too late to join. We're in the second section right now for this episode. Um, I think it's chapters, what was it four through seven that we're talking about today? Four. Hold on. I'm, I've got my, it is four through seven. Yeah. So we're covering four through seven today. Um, it's too late to jump in. You can always navigate back to our first episode a couple weeks ago, covering the first section and catch up with us. Um, yeah. So, first of all, sorry for being late today. <laughs> to our <laughs> no, recording session. I basically made us an hour behind because I had one of those like crazy mom mornings that is like unexpected. Yeah. My four-year-old decided to be a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> And oh. <laughs> we're really, we're, and he's actually pretty good. Like he doesn't really throw like a lot of tantrums. I would say he's probably a little bit moodier than my daughter. Who's three. Like she didn't really have terrible twos. She's kind of a three-nager and that she's sassy, but like my son definitely had like terrible twos, tantrums, not terrible, 
I, I, you know, I'm sure these things are are typical amongst all kids, but today yeah. he was having a day and we're just really working on, you know, navigating choices and like having, you know, giving him the opportunity to make choices, but helping him learn how to make good choices. And when he's yeah. having a bad day, like, how do we turn this around? Like, I never want to send him off to school. Um, you know, just rushing him off and he's still sitting there in his anger. Like I, I feel like if I could remember as a kid, just not really having those coping skills from an early age, not that like my parents were just like, you're upset, shoo, bye. It's just like breaking down those conversations. And I would say today more than ever as parents, we have like a lot of tools and knowledge available to us as far as like, you know, ways to approach things with your kids and ideas that, you know, back then in the early nineties, they would have had to rely on like reading a book for (laughs) and like really dedicating something, some extra special time to learning those skills to pass on to your kids. And I just think people probably didn't really do that as much. (laughs) So now it's like, if you follow parenting accounts on Instagram or, you know, you're in Facebook mom groups, like you, you really see these, these conversations and tools a lot more prevalent than when I grew up. So I just try to like, you know, apply it. So anyway, he needed some extra time, um, to, you know, just kind of reset his day and hopefully improve it. (laughs) So thank you for waiting. No, that's fine. I mean, we all have those days and it worked out because it's, you know, I'm just working from home today, but I think that's kind of, you know, the part about being a mom in real estate, especially like, I feel like, especially in this stage, like when kids are younger, like when they're older and they're maybe have a little bit more, um, you know, just life experience as they age, like there may be times where like they may have like a rough moment, but it may not like derail the whole day. But then of course that is part of like being a parent is helping them navigate through that. And we can't always like have it on our schedule. Like, oh, my kid's going to have a rough day or be sick today or whatever it might be. Like those things kind of, they come up and you know, they're not, it's like the, the part where you got to be flexible or find flexibility, create, you know, flexibility in your life and your schedule and happens to the best of us. So we all go through that at one point or another. And I know very much because my four-year-old is uh, a very emotional little boy and has big, big emotions. And, um, it is, you know, definitely hard. And he has big emotions that like, like anger, like his primary, his primary emotion is anger. Like whenever something happens and I like cannot relate to that at all. So that is a whole new learning challenge on our, you know, on my side is like, okay, like, how do I get this kid to calm down and like work through this anger in a way that's like productive and resourceful. And yeah, so I get it a hundred (laughs) percent. I think mine, mine's is similar in that way. Like it's definitely, anger and stubbornness like he's really going to test and like we have 
we have a responsibility chart, like a star system and stuff. My mom, it's actually really funny. I don't know if I told you this. For Christmas, my kids are opening up presents and my daughter gets like, you know, dolls and like things like that. And then my son gets like, like a story speaker, which is cool. And then he gets yeah. a responsibility chart. <laughs> and we all just start laughing. Oh my gosh. Because you know, they want the toy or whatever. And he gets They're like, this isn't a present. This is terrible. <laughs> he actually thought, like, at first he was stunned. Like, what is yeah. this? And that yeah. was also funny. But yeah. then he embraced it and was That's like good. so excited to have it. So it became like this thing in our family, like the responsibility check. It was like, so, I told my I mom, that, it's, the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So, so that's great. He that's takes so it funny. really seriously. And like, yeah. if I tell him, you know, okay, I'm going to have to remove a star now. Like he earns stars for specific things he does, like getting dressed on his own. And like, it teaches independence and right. you know responsibility, like little chores that they're able to do. Well, I will just remove one because he has to get a certain number in a week to get something like we go out for ice cream or a small toy or something. We pick a reward every week and it's right. not always a toy or something like to me, that's big. Like I'm not buying my child a toy every week. <laughs> Sometimes it's outing or a privilege right. or something. We kind of mix it up to keep it interesting, but he, um, I'll take one away. And then, um, if it's still not improving. And I'm meanwhile working with him, trying to give him like a tool or a coping skill. And if he's just being stubborn and angry and not responding in that way, the, you know, the timeout thing, like I usually, I don't call like timeout punishment. It's more like timeout to like, just kind of collect yourself and then let's mm -hmm. retry again. Um, if that's kind of not responsive and he's just really lashing out, then I'm like, okay, I'm, you're, we're going to lose like a whole day of stars, yeah. like a whole, whole day. And then that like really upsets him. So he like really values this. So right. it's been a good tool, I would say for our family, but, um, and kind of, this is actually interesting because I think this all sort of ties into what we're talking about in the book, actually yeah. just developing these good habits and the way that these, these habits form in your brain and like creating these, you know, the right environment and patterns. And like, it's interesting now I'm like correlating this, like I'm really doing the same thing with the kids and their behavior as right. I'm trying to do with my own behavior. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. Funny enough. Um, this morning before I got derailed after, you know, getting through these last few chapters, I really did my habit scorecard and tried to delete the bad habits of my mm -hmm. morning. And today was like the first day I like press through that list of all the good ones to like, you know, draw out the negative and yeah. it was amazing. Like my morning went so well up until that but, point, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> we got through it, but, um, but, but in the, that's life. Like, like you said, like you can't predict these things that are going to happen and they're going to come up and then, okay. So what do you do to, what do you do to tap back in? But right. Um, all that to be said, let's die actually dive into the book. Thank you everyone for letting me mom vent. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so section, all right, we're on section two, which is the first law. Um, and so let's dive into chapter four. Um, what, do you have any big takeaways or any like 
main things that you like took note of this time on this chapter? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I took less notes this time actually than I took the first time. I think I was just like, so open to hearing these new concepts the first time I was just writing down like a lot of quotes, but now that I've kind of taken in, you know, the general gist of the book and the habits and the system we're navigating through in this book, I'm I'm really curious to see where it's headed because it's, I feel like we've already covered so much that I'm like, well, where is this going now? (laughs) But I think- so far, um, my biggest takeaways were definitely the scorecard. Um, yeah. I did not go to the website to download. I know you can go to atomichabits.com forward slash scorecard and get a copy. I did not do that. I just kind of jotted down on my notebook, um, right. my, like my good behaviors and bad and neutral, right. um, and just kind of, I think the biggest point for me was the awareness, like Mm -hmm. just, just being more in tune and aware, like, is this habit serving where, who I'm looking to become or what I'm looking to accomplish? Like is, is what I'm about to do right now. And I, I found my, I caught myself just in the last day or two doing this in multiple ways, like wanting to go grab a cookie, like, I'm like, is this helping me with, you know, the healthy person I want to become right now with the healthy, with the ultimate, like the, thinking about the result, which I'm visualizing like healthy Alyssa, like, would this be a choice that supports that? Right. And then I was like, no, but then I was like, would being restrictive because I also (laughs) have, I also have things where, you know, in my past where I've been very extreme with dieting and I have to be careful about that too. Yes. So I also such a double-edged sword, isn't it? So I also was like, I get that just being so stringent, um, also help you show up as the the version of yourself you want to become. And I was like, no. And I was like, you know what? I will have one. I will enjoy this one because the, I don't want to say the bad version of me. I know it sounds so like, sounds so hard on yourself, but the, the version I'm trying to grow out of, right. Right. Not just stop at one. She would yes. then be like, Ooh, that was good. I'm going to have another one and maybe yeah. even another one. So right. I was able to kind of have that inner dialogue and be like, okay, one is good. And then I felt not, I felt satisfied by the choice and like proud of that realization, if you will. So I would say that was something that, um, I took out of it. Right. It's, I think that's really what I took out of it too, is, you know, the beginning before it talks about the habit scorecard, it's talking about these cues that we, like the habits are coming as a result of like responding to these cues, but it gets to a point where it's very unconscious. It's we're not actively thinking about it. And it says at one point it says you're much more than your conscious self. And I wrote that could be like a blessing and a curse depending on what we're not thinking about. And so 
bringing, you know, this idea of bringing awareness. And once you start bringing awareness, it really brings to light and you're like, you know, it's really interesting because I had similar, like I started my cycle today and last night I was just like snacking like crazy, which I haven't done in about, I would say like six weeks. And I was like, this is so weird. And I, I started to like, think about it as I was like looking for like things and not like my healthy stuff. Like I was like looking for like just junky food to eat. Mm -hmm. And I was like thinking about it and I was like, what is going on? And then I was like, Oh, I wonder if I'm going to start my cycle and I don't realize it. And then sure enough this morning. And it was like really interesting because I don't think if I'd been reading this book, I would have maybe like thought to even think about like why yeah, I was like searching for like, you know, like salty foods and like things like that. And, um, And I was like, I was like, I bet you that's what it is. Even though I don't know for sure. Like, I'm like, I I bet that that is what it is. And then sure enough this morning. So I was like, it was really, really interesting. um, Just that idea of like, okay, we have things that we're responding to, but a lot of it is we're not thinking about it. And we haven't thought about it for maybe years. And it's just like, so ingrained in the back of our mind. And we just respond that way. And it's just like, automatic. And so the process of change, the first thing you have to do is bring light and bring awareness to what you're currently doing before you can even make that change, because you have to know what it is that you're doing and maybe what you're even responding to, to be able to change it for the better or to take something out in the first place. Yeah, totally. I felt like that too. And Um, speaking of one of those things that I just wasn't as aware of that I noticed when I was like deleting, um, habits and just really thinking about exact being honest and thinking exactly what a morning, like, what did I do this morning and what happened? Mm -hmm. And like, it actually started on a morning that was a little bit off from like, I'm usually like, I talk about my morning routine a lot, um, Mm -hmm. here and, you know, I, I love that I prize it, but I don't like optimize it all the time to like the best it could be, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I'm consistent in that I get up at the same time. I try to like incorporate the element of like journaling, prayer, meditation, whatever you want to call it. Um, and like try to like stick that in there. But what I wasn't paying attention to were all the little like steps in between. So like, for example, you know, I get up and I hit the snooze button and I hit that snooze button every, almost every day for 15 minutes. I don't know why that formed, I guess, just because I was tired one day. So that's like, you know, hitting that snooze button 15 minutes, I was then made aware, like by me doing this every day, think about how many 15 minutes I've lost. And there is the day where you need more sleep or whatever, but it started just becoming a consistent habit. I didn't even like think about like, it just, my brain does it like, Oh, you get 15 more minutes. And, you know, I know some people incorporate a snooze into their routine, but if I were doing that, I would then need to like bump back the time that I do it. So I realized that. And then like, um, you know, drinking, having a full glass of water next to my bed for when I wake up to like 
immediately drink water before I dive into coffee. Um, and then going right downstairs and just jumping right into my meditation. If I'm doing like some sort of movement, like yoga or a little workout, jump right into it and then do my journaling because then that, that meditation and that movement produces better clarity and thoughts for journaling. Like it improves that habit. And then that sets me up to have time to like work on a project and feel like I did something significant before the kids get up and the day gets going. I realized that the habits I deleted, if I look at them were the snooze button, I check my phone, I get on, I check my social media messages I, which then will sometimes someone asks me a question um, or asks, you know, like it then sends me on a distraction or it makes me start my um, other parts of my routine late. So it gives me less time to work on a project, um, those sort of things. So I really saw a huge difference in my morning routine, just being aware of those little things that derail it and deleting it and staying on task. Um, and I identified um, <laughs> how many times I pick up my phone throughout the day, um, how yes. many times <laughs> I um, I get distracted because of social media to where, to the point it causes me to run late on a project I'm working on, which then causes me to skip lunch that day. And then I'm rushing to get the, out the door, get the kids. My head is like spinning because I'm in a rush. Whereas like, if I deleted those bad habits, it allows me to complete the projects I want to complete with time to spare, to eat, take care of myself, to nourish, and then also have time to kind of like close out my, like my quote unquote work day. Of course, clients are going to call me later or something, but I'm talking about like project wise, I'm not still right. thinking like carrying carry over to the next day. Like, oh, I didn't finish that. Got to remember to do that. Like you're able to kind of be like, okay, I think I got everything done. Switching gears now. And, and if you have kids at home, same thing, like you have your pockets of work, but then yeah. rather than rushing from your pocket of work into mom mode, you get like this opportunity to like close the book on that and now open the next. Like that yeah. became very aware to me. Um, the usage of the phone, man, that is, yeah. and I already limit that. Like I monitor my screen time. I have an alarm on my social media to like tell me it's been enough time but still even doing that, say I have a 10 minute time limit on there. Well, how many times a day am I opening that to get mm -hmm. to that 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. So just kind of trying to find yeah. a couple pockets to check it and like <laughs> attempt to leave that. It's hard. It's yeah. hard when you run your business off of it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. And that's one thing that I noticed too, was my, first my checking of my email I thought I was fine because my e I'm gonna be honest my email inbox is so high but I like go through it multiple times a day to like look for like what's important it's just a matter of deleting all the other junk like the hundreds of emails I get a day of just like random crap you know but mm -hmm. I I didn't realize like when I was looking at this um yesterday I was like 
realizing how many times a day I opened my email just to check and see if I had got, you know, anything from current clients or, you know, potentially, you know, checking to make sure I didn't miss an offer on my listing or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know what I mean? And then the phone as well. And, you know, it's hard because there's so many ways for people to reach us, right? They can text us, they can call us, they can reach out to us on Instagram, they can reach Mm -hmm. out to us on Facebook, they can email us, like, there's all these different ways, right? And while we want to be available, all of them, (laughs) right? So, and I think that's for me kind of where that habit started, but Mm -hmm. then it leads into, okay, but now I'm not just checking it. I'm randomly looking at like five Instagram reels and then being like, oh no, no, I have to get back, uh, you know, to, to this project that I'm working on. Like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. But then it's like, oh, you check something else a little bit later. And it's like, just like this odd, like. I notice I automatically open my phone, even if I'm meaning to go like text or call somebody or check an email, I literally open up my phone and go straight to Instagram, Yeah, you know? And I'm like, I was like, oh gosh, like, uh, why am I on Instagram? I'm supposed to be sending an email back. Like I'm supposed to be checking this email that my client sent me and like texting them back. And I'm like, this is a kind of an embarrassing habit to be honest. Yeah. Like you don't want to admit that. I I feel the same way. I have the same exact problem. And like, you don't want to admit that that's you. Yeah. But it is. But it is. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. But you know what? I feel like this is, I mean, to me, this is such a blessing. And and I, I know, I already know this. Like I know social media is a huge time waster. And I, right. I argue all day what a blessing it is for business and whatnot. But I think if anyone is being honest with themselves, they definitely abuse it because oh, yeah. not to their own fault necessarily, they've put millions of dollars into these apps to design them to trick your brain to feel like you need to use them all day long. Like that is literally, they have invested heavily in the psychology of these apps to keep you on them. And so all your- It's literally an addiction. If you think about it, like what I just described, I go to open my phone to do something else and I Mm -hmm. go straight to Instagram. I'm, that's literally like an addiction and just- let's just put like a pretty bow on it. Oh, but it's only Instagram, but still you think about what you're trying to do. I mean, in any way, any kind of addiction, like, you know, it's like, it becomes something that you are, it's, you're not thinking about it. You just do it, you know, and it's, you just get stuck in it. And that's literally, I mean, that's what it is. And they've done an amazing job at it. And I mean, why do we think that like every time, I don't know, do you ever go out and like, you just notice how many people are just like, literally there's two people together, but they're like on their phones or like, you know, every second of like spare time to avoid making eye contact or potentially having a conversation with somebody else, you know? So it's, uh, they've done obviously a really amazing job, but if we start to become aware of it, it's like, (laughs) it is. And, and actually, you know, I've, I've heard this many times on, you know, many different resources, podcasts, you know, all kinds of stuff, coaching, like, you know, about social media distraction. It is not a new concept to me. However, the way you approach, like I've even set myself a few times a day to do like active posting and engagement 
Yeah. But I'm not considering the times I open checking it. And so that is what made me aware of it. And then now that I'm aware of it, thanks to this book of just the checking um, and what a time, time suck that is um, and just bad, like a bad habit. But now this is actually really funny. I, um, I mean, it's funny to me. Um, for whatever reason, started rewatching the Hills this week. Okay. That's funny. I don't know. I was looking I for love something. That. My husband like <laughs> fell asleep early and I was like, what do I want to watch? And yeah, it, like it That's came up on like, Netflix Disney and I was like, something. Yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in forever. Okay. I like want to watch it and back background on this. I loved the show growing up. I was obsessed with Laguna beach. My friend and I like literally ditched high school one day to like go drive to Laguna beach and like try to find Steven or something. Like we were like obsessed <laughs> with the show. And then when I was 18, I moved to LA. Right. And like all the places that they go to like were places I went to. And so okay. it just kind of like reminds me of that time in LA and being young and going out and how stupid I was. Oh, it's fun. I had, (laughs) Um, but anyway, so that is like this kind of attachment I have to it or whatever. But, um, anyway, and funny enough, I just saw this hilarious meme of, um, I think it was on the broke agent, like yesterday of Heidi talking about, um, like, she's interviewing for FITM and she's like, yeah, I just really don't like school. Oh my I gosh, really just yes. want to like be like the, the party girl, PR girl. So iconic. And it, and it was like new, it was like the meme was like new agents talking. To <laughs> like, I just want to do all the glamorous stuff, but don't realize like how, how crazy this job is. That's so spot anyway, on. it was just, it was all like full circle for me, but Anyway, while I'm watching the show, let me tie this back to why I started talking about it. Um, I noticed they all have like flip phones. They have like razor mm. phones. The yeah. show started, I think, in like 2006. So right. and I was like 16 at the time. So, and I'm remembering too, like how different things were when we, you know, like it wasn't easy to send a text when you had to put three letter, like three, the button three times to get the letter you want. Like, and then it had like predict, it did have eventually like predictive text, but like, I just remembered that. And I was like, you know, I, I think social media really is a blessing. Like, trust me, I've built a business on it and I, I love it for connecting me with so many amazing people. Like I wouldn't know you Brayden without it. So I can't say like, I, I don't like it. I, I love it, but in, in terms of, um, relationships, um, in person, I can't stand it because I'm looking at these people eating dinner together on this show and I can't help but notice like no one's picked up their phone. Like the only time they're on their phone is when someone calls them or they need to communicate something like, Hey, I'm at work. I'll meet you there at five. Like that's the text message. But now we have like our whole conversations on text message or we're, we're, we need to feel like we need to fill in the gaps of quietness. Like when you're at the table or it's like a form of relaxation for whatever reason. And so you just see people mindlessly scrolling, but like that didn't exist. And I just know, I took note of it watching the show thinking like, 
wow, these friends are literally sitting out, like having so much fun together. They're having a lot of conversation. I mean, obviously there's a lot of drama. It's a TV show, but in that show specifically, but my point was, it was just a different look when you look around the restaurant than like what you see today. And like, when I'm with my own family, we're definitely engaged and like talking to each other and having fun. But I can tell you there are times where we're just like tired and we're like, the kids have the tablet. My husband and I were like talking, but we're also like checking our phones and be like, oh, hold on. Let me, I got to get back to this. And it's like, do you really need to get back to this? Do you, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's definitely interesting. And it's like a culture shift for sure. That's the, that's the part that I think with this is that I think to a certain level, there's, it's hard because I don't know how, much is changeable in the sense that like it's part of our culture and our lives now you know we live in right exactly and it's like adapt I'm not Amish like (laughs) I'm not gonna like Mm -mm. you know I'm not gonna be going and um you know like secluding myself from the world and being like okay I'm only going to you know, uh, adopt certain technology and advances. Right. Um, but you know, at the very least going through this book, we can be very aware Yeah. and bringing awareness, I think is, I mean, this, this whole section was really good, but I think this chapter, even though it was short is really important because the awareness, uh, it just brings to light and what you may be having awareness of, you may either be comfortable with and be like, oh, okay, that's great, actually. Or you may be looking at it like we're looking at how we check our phones, like unconsciously, you know, and check Instagram and whatever, and be like, actually, I'm not super comfortable with how much or with this habit and like what that means, or the fact that, you know, I feel like I have to check my phone when I'm standing in line or waiting for my coffee you know, um, from the barista or like whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I think that's kind of, uh, this is kind of like the underrated, I think portion, but like seriously important, um, as it just brings to light, you know, and then you can decide from there once you at least have awareness. And I think sometimes that's the hard part, right. Is like, maybe we don't want to be aware of certain things or we don't want to necessarily, see you know or like admit certain things but like yeah. it's good you that's know a huge, it's huge part of it yeah just not and, wanting to be like oh yeah that's me <laughs> right exactly and I'm like gosh like I know that I do that with Instagram like kind of but it was like one of those things where it's like yeah blah, blah. <laughs> where I'm like um so cute <laughs> he's tired he's trying to cuddle up and go to sleep now but Aww. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it's just a matter of, you know, it's like, we may not want to admit it, but here we are. And, you know, I see it and I'm like, okay, well, even though that may not be the most comfortable, um, realization, like self-realization, it's important nonetheless, because I can at least hopefully make progress and change it to what I want, what I want that to look like more. Yeah. I think that's a really good takeaway, just like becoming aware and then like noticing where the gaps are and how can you fill those gaps. And a couple of things I wrote down, um, 
that that's one of them. First step to changing bad habits is becoming aware of them. And then, um, this really hit for me as far as like social, social media, like be the designer of your world and not the consumer of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really key because that's, that's how you use it to, to, um, it's positive power of, you know, business, marketing, connection, relationships, like all those positive things about it, but then you can choose to design it in that way and like be the designer, create the content, you know, do what you need to do, but don't become like that distracted consumer. Um, I really like, I like related that specific phrase to that. And then the last thing that I thought was really helpful tying into it, it was like environment matters more than motivation. And I think that's key because I can't tell you how many times where I'm like, I would love to change this, but then I don't set up that environment for success. So like putting out my uh, workout clothes next to the bed at night, setting that full glass of water next to bed at night. So I get that first cup of water in and, you know, rinse my system in the morning before I, you know, put the coffee in and like, yes, um, start like setting up your environment. And then the other takeaway I had for me, which I'm kind of working through the logistics of was one space, one habit. And one of the pieces of advice he said, somebody he referenced, I, I forgot to write down who, um, had said, you know, they use different devices for specific things. I think mm-hmm. it was a writer, like he used his computer for writing his tablet for reading, And then his phone for like social media and texting. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's great because if I'm using my phone for social media and texting, I can go physically remove my phone to the other room. So it's not a distraction and I can work on my computer for work and email. And then my tablet can be, you know, where I'm like reading, you know, whatever books and my planners on there and stuff. So that was a really big, um, takeaway from me as far as, well, how do, now that I'm aware of this, like, how do I set this up? Right. And I thought, I think that's really interesting to think about because it makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's like, okay, this gives you something that's relatively easy. It's not like you have to go like, feel like you're changing your whole life. Like if you want to create an environment to read more or, Mm -hmm. you know, all you need to do is kind of like create a reading space, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that doesn't have to be anything special. That could be like literally dedicating, you know, like a little side table or Mm -hmm. something like that and a chair um, that like every morning you're going to read in, you know? So I think that is kind of cool because it, it gives you, you know, power to create your like flow of like your day, I guess, within your environment. And I, I like the idea of that, of like being like, okay, well, this is where I do this. And then if I want to do this next and kind of having just the zones, I think that made a lot of sense for somebody like me, who's very visual too. Yeah. I think that what I'm looking at and like the environment around me, I know for sure that makes a big difference. And so I thought that was, I thought that was like a really, um, practical way to, yeah, start behavior change is like doing the environment. I think about it like when I'm trying to eat really healthy and how if I put healthy food in my house and I, you know, have the kinds of foods that I want and I have like my meal plan or like my um 
like the weekly menu on my fridge. Like I know what I'm looking at and I like know, okay, if I'm not looking at, you know, junk food and I'm not looking at, you know, whatever it might be, um, it's going to be easier for me to choose what I am seeing in front of me. And that's like surrounding me in that environment fosters that like healthy eating and like, you know, cooking meals or making healthy, healthy meals for my family. It makes it a lot easier rather than if I'm surrounded by like a kitchen full of junk food and, you know, uh, I don't see the healthy food around me. Like, of course, you know, then I'm going to just, I'm just going to go with the junk food route. And it's because that's all that I see around me. And that's what, you know, is looks to be available. And I think too, like having the tools and things in your environment, like handy, ready to go. It's like visually in front of you. They also talked about like the pointing and calling, like saying like, I am going to make my smoothie at 1230 in the kitchen so that you actually don't skip your lunch, like stuff like that. But then for me, sometimes environment means like liking my space. Like that really matters to me. And I, I, I can't even tell you, I've been decluttering a lot in my life, like every room of my house, because that was one of those things, these habits I did not realize, like, especially since having kids, my husband and I used to be so organized and like just very, very clean and not like we're not clean, but it's like, you know, every time you pick something up, it's a tornado when you have kids and how thinking of like, well, how can I make this easier on myself so that I like my environment and I'm not feeling like I'm always so stressed out cleaning. And I'm like, I got to eliminate stuff. We have too much stuff. Why do we have all this stuff? We don't need all this stuff. Like all these toys, like, even though I purge toys, like by age all the time and clothes, I was still like around Christmas time. I was like, and they're just going to get more like, this is way too much. And so I eliminated probably more like than like, I think my husband was even like, why are you getting rid of all that? Like they could play with it. And I'm like, you don't understand. It's just, they're not even able to make clear choices on what to play with. That's the reason they don't play with it. Cause they have too much. Like, and so I realized that too, with myself, like if I improve my environment and make it easy to do things easy to clean. It feels good. I'm, my mood is automatically lifted to want to do that thing, like cleaning my office, not just having the things I need to get like reminders of what I need to do, but just making it feel like a space I want to be in. So like for you, if that's, you're having trouble getting a workout done or like doing that yoga routine, maybe it's like making your own little, like cute Zen area. And like, or sometimes for me, it's even, and this might be forming another bad habit, but like, you know, you get a night, you get a new pair of running shoes. Um, and that could, if you have a shopping habit, that might not be good, but like, but I mean, like setting yourself up in a way that's going to make you feel like that and feel the environment too, not just see it. If that makes sense. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I think, there's of course, like we have to be mindful, right? Like you're saying, if we have a shopping habit, maybe don't do that. But I think there's, you know, there's a good way and like a bad way around doing it all. Right. And just, again, going back to that awareness piece. And I think there's, there's a lot about, you know, making it easier for yourself rather than like expecting you're going to do it, but then like not having the environment and the system set up to actually to actually do it. Yeah. 
I overall really liked, you know, this section. I've liked the book so much so far. I can't believe it's yeah. taken me this long to read it. Um, Same. But it's definitely timely. It's like we talked about this yeah. last, last episode about this. It's like where I'm at in my life. These are things that I um, I'm ready to receive this. Yes. So yeah, I think it'll be even more impactful than just hearing it when you're ready to receive it. So exactly. If that's something, if you're not reading along with us, we'd love to invite you to join us again. It's not too late. Um, just, just dive in, get the audible. I'm listening to it on audible. Brayden's reading the physical copy. Um, and join our Facebook group and let's talk more about this. Like, I would love to know, you know, your takeaways from, you know, the three through seven chapters, um, you know, your awareness that you've been able to call out in your own life of things that, you know, you want to change. Um, if you're looking for ideas from the group on, you know, ways to, to set yourself up, you know, your workspace or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, like definitely tap into the community and let's all help each other, um, brainstorm and navigate through these shifts. Absolutely. Wait, what? My dog. Can you hear no. my dog? Oh. No. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I we will get back to life, kids, dogs, work, all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. We love you guys. We really appreciate your support. Really glad to be connected with you in this way. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. Go and join us on our Facebook group, The Modern Real Estate Mama, also linked in our show notes. Hope you have a great day and we are here to support you in motherhood and in growing your real estate business.